lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. He is our old friend, Tim Young. He'll be joining us here momentarily for the Dace Group. And you are you. Of course, you know the drill by now on a Friday. The Dace Group will start here in just a matter of moments. Next hour, we will get to feedback Friday. And oh boy, do we have some feedback to share. And again, it is the kind of stuff, man, that is it, it will light a fire. And, and and make you want to avenge what has happened to some people. We'll get into that coming up in the next hour of the show. We have been not even joking that the 87,000 IRS agents were hired for people like you uh, to go after you. And now's a great time along those lines. Make sure if you are a small business owner and a patriot... And I think it's something like less than 10% of American businesses have more than 500 employees, which is maybe even less than 5% have more than 500 employees, which is considered like a a big business nowadays. So the, the overwhelming amount of businesses in America are small businesses. The overwhelming amount of new businesses and startups are obviously small businesses. Make sure you understand and have at your disposal resources like our friends over at Bambi. Um, they help to make the minefield of human resources uh, much easier to navigate uh, for you. Uh, they give you a dedicated HR person available by phone, email, real-time chat. They can do anything from onboarding to terminations, uh, help you to run smoothly, make sure all those I's are dotted and T's are crossed when the feds maybe decide to come knocking on your door and say, you know, that's a nice small business that you have there. It'd be a shame if anything happened to it. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. It's month to month. You don't get locked in to major contracts, long-term deals. It's also fairly inexpensive. Just $99 a month, month to month. You know they're coming for you. It's got to be at least worth $99 a month to make sure that you didn't leave the back door open. All right? So go to Bambi.com right now. Uh, type in Steve Dace under podcast when you sign up. That's Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, Bambi.com right now. And type in Steve Dace under podcast when you go there to sign up. Again, no long-term deals, just $99 a month. Bambi.com. Uh, type in Steve Dace where you see podcast when you go there to sign up. All right, let's get to it. It is time for the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was begins, as it always does, with issue one, Bleep Lord Nefarious Says. Look, we're at the 21st um, marking, if you will, of the September 11th attacks. This was a foreign terrorist attacking our democracy, attacking this country. We're now, as a nation, battling a threat from within. Is the threat... Mm-hmm. equal or greater than what we faced after 9-11. January 6, 2021, 
will never be forgotten, an infamous day in American history. And people on the local level uh, at affected school board meetings, they won't forget the MAGA uh, Republicans descending on their school board meetings uh, after January 6th, like January 6th, disrupting meetings. It was a co coordinated uh, attack happening across the country. Americans won't forget about it. This is an outright attack on women in this country. That is how I see it. That is how more and more women and those who support our right to make decisions about our own bodies. That is how we see it. And this is a um, literally call to arms. So most of the patients that we have in the GEMS clinic actually know their gender, usually around the age of puberty, but a good portion of children do know as early as seemingly from the womb. We can promote a shame-free educational space by letting young people know that it's okay if they are curious, it's okay if they have watched porn, and it's okay if they have thought about porn. I always make sure to say someone being curious about sex and or porn does not make them a bad person, it makes them human. It's so important we normalize that this is a natural human experience. And I also want to point, uh, make a point to share that not wanting to watch porn is also completely fine. There is no judgment and shame for not being curious. That's okay too. And we want to create environments in the classroom where students don't shame each other. Dr. Paul Offit, an infectious disease and vaccine expert at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, he's also a member of the FDA advisory committee, has been critical of this updated booster. He says that a healthy young person really is unlikely to even benefit from a booster dose. So first, deep respect to Dr. Offed. Um, here's what I will say about our updated um, vaccine. We are simplifying our message. The message is um, you need to get your fall booster vaccine. People will use masks for their own individual reasons. They may personally be vulnerable. They may have events they want to make sure they're not unwell for. They may not have had COVID-19. We all just need to respect everyone's individual decisions. We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. We're, we're seeing more progress bringing global inflation down in the U.S. economy, as I just stated moments ago. Overall, uh, prices have been essentially flat in our country these, these last two months. All right, let's get to it. First question, Tim, as the guest, you get to go first. What was the worst of all the worst that Aaron just compiled for your convenience? You know, I think it's time to identify that women are pedophiles. And I, I think we need to take a look at that video. I mean, over and over again, you know, you see when you see the the older teachers hit on the younger kids or have sex with the younger kids and they're women, you never think how creepy it is. Mm -hmm. That video with that woman talking about porn and, and children watching porn is super creepy. By the way, I think Sharia law's got it right. I think maybe it's time to go Sharia in this country. A lot of the problems this week apparently were women. And if they weren't allowed to speak publicly, we'd be fine. All the while, we don't even know what one of them is. We could, we, all the while, we can't even define what they are while Islam they are the source does. of the problem. Biden doesn't. Islam does. Islam does. That's a slogan. Yeah. Biden doesn't. Islam does. That'll, that's a bumper sticker. Todd. God bless you, Tim Young. Oh, my. Um, it is the smiling Cheshire cat medical voodoo whatever she is who's talking about the miracle of the child who knows that they're a different gender uh, from the womb yep. but you just jump like just jump over the second birth still in the womb birth still in the womb jump over there kill it 
whatever reason you want to. But right. here, magic. The, 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 Suddenly, the unviable the tissue power, mass is so sentient yeah, it knows what gender it's supposed to be. It, I could be anything. It's yes. a miracle. The thing in the womb is only a baby if it's non-binary. Yes. I, I just yes. want to stress. I'm I'm laughing. Tim's laughing. We're all laughing. The the jokes do write themselves, and we have a comedian here who will tell you that. But this is deadly serious. It, ultimately. Even though there's a joke to be played, what's going on in uh, Martha's Vineyard as well, the the jokes won't win the day on this one. They're a nice piece of ammo, but ultimately this is two men enter, one men leave. The the insanity is so ripe. Yes, you can call it contradiction, hypocrisy, all you want, but they're not tethered to anything. No reality, whatever. You can't... So... You have to realize, whatever your version of the good, the true, and the beautiful is, it's not going to happen on its own. You have got to play a role, a role vastly more involved than anything you've been willing to do to defeat this menace, laugh track or not. Aaron. Sharia law. <laughs> there it is. That was going to be mine. Just, I, It's Sorry. incredible, the dissonance, the cognitive dissonance. Uh, the, 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 the baby, in the, the thing in the womb is only a baby. If we can then mutilate it a little later on, that's that's incredible. It's demonic. It's flat up demonic. So I'll I'll do the runner up since we already talked about Jacinda Ardern earlier this week. It's Rochelle Walensky. I believe the flow chart. And now somebody out there is going to correct me if I'm wrong. CDC recommends, FDA approves. This Paul Offit guy, he's part of the FDA, FDA total advisory. jab pimp too, by the way, and totally pimp for the jab. Yeah. She's like, no, f you, bro. Get your freaking boosters, kids. I'm the high Asherah pole priestess here. Exactly. You so bet I am. There will be no sciencing at all. Exactly. Yes. That, to me, that's mine, is that clip. All right? And especially the Jehovah's Witness, like, just right back yep. to my talking points of, of cultic, uh, get your booster. I mean, I mean, that level of, you know, you will not cult-splain me, Mr. Offit. Yep. I am the priestess of Asherah here. I preside at the pole, not you, sir. I am the high, I'm in the high places here. Get your booster, I don't care what the data says, and put it in all your children, yes. And also, a reminder, this time next year, Kamala Harris is going to be president of the United States. You're going to be seeing a lot more clips like that. Let's get to the exit question. On a scale of one to 10, with one being the odds that Ashley Biden enjoy her showers with her dad, uh, the big guy, of course, uh, and 10 being the odds that Lindsey Graham enjoys showers with Big Papa. Rank this week's level of total depravity, Todd. Tim, how do you say 10 in Arabic? <laughs> I'm so I don't get my hand cut off. But you know what? Women don't know how to say 10 in Arabic, and that's why they're better off than us. <laughs> oh, gosh. Aaron, 10. Tim. 10. He's at a 10. Uh, issue two is brought to you by our friends over at Moink. We are winding down this summer. Uh, we are therefore winding down grill season in a lot of places around the country. Still great opportunities to join up with our friends over at Moink, which delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon farm-to-table direct to your door from actual Americans. The way that previous generations ate their food as well. If you want to take advantage of this and also help family farms stay financially independent as well, you can sign up right now and get free filet mignon in every one of your orders for a year. Free filet mignon in every one of your orders for a year when you go to Moinkbox.com. 
dot com slash steve that's m-o-i-n-k moinkbox.com slash steve that's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste but for a limited time right now boinkbox.com slash steve let's get to issue two harvey rich drops one of the ultimate truth bombs what's been the biggest lie that even you as someone at the upper echelons of these institutions is just like how is anyone with a straight face actually attempting to sell this, regardless of whether they've been bought and sold or not? Oh, that's a difficult question because there's so many. Um, to me, the biggest lie is the FDA webpage on hydroxychloroquine. Mm. So the FDA webpage was mounted July 1st of 2020. It's been there for two years. It's a fraud. The, the webpage says, Warning, hydroxychloroquine should not be used in outpatient treatment because of risk of cardiac adverse events. COVID-19 is a completely different disease in outpatients and hospital patients. It's a kind of acute respiratory distress syndrome that requires hospitalization. That's a totally different disease. It has a different treatment. It is, it is totally unrelated to outpatient treatment. Nevertheless, the FDA said we base our recommendation on against outpatient treatment on the basis of hospital experience. So that's the first thing. Now, why this is the biggest lie is that this was the crux of the whole pandemic in the first place, that the suppression of hydroxychloroquine started before anybody even knew there was a pandemic and uh, before President Trump had even said anything. It started, to my knowledge, in fall of 2019 when the Minister of Health in France change the status of hydroxychloroquine from an over-the-counter medication that anybody could just go to the drugstore and buy to a prescription-only medication. She cited completely false uh, uh, theory that hydroxychloroquine was what was called genotoxic, that it had caused genetic damage in cells. This is completely impossible. This medication's been used in tens of billions of doses and hundreds of millions of people for half a century or more. It is one of the most um, important medications on the World Health Organization's list of the top 50 required medi medicines. It's used in pregnant women, in infants and children. Uh, it's just one of the safest medications known. And yet the FDA had the nerve to purport to say that, that somehow a very safe medication that everybody knows is safe is somehow suddenly unsafe to be used in outpatients. And by the way, we're not showing you any data that it's unsafe. So this is the biggest lie. Had this medication been used at the outset, of this pandemic, it would have saved hundreds of thousands of lives that were needlessly lost for, because this was suppressed for a year while, while patients waited for vaccines, you know, and, and whatever one thinks of the vaccines, this time period of a, of a year lost led to hundreds of thousands of unnecessary deaths that would have been treated. And had we been able to treat this disease adequately, the necessity of vaccines would not nearly have been as important and maybe not important at all. And that is the crux of the whole pandemic, that this pandemic was not used to protect the health of the population. It was used to sell vaccines and patent medications at tremendous, tremendous profit to the pharma industry with the collusion of the FDA and the CDC. And this is the nature of, of what we've been fighting over the last two and a half years. Not the virus per se, but, but our corrupted response to the virus. So just to reset the biography of the man who just said those astounding things. Dr. Harvey Risch is Professor Emeritus 
Yale University School of Public Health. MD. He is one of the most academically cited scientists alive on planet Earth, particularly in the medical field. He has been academically cited almost 50,000 times in other journals, studies, reports, etc. You're talking about someone whose credentials are elite of elite, above reproach. It's one thing to hear me say things like this when I'm trying to connect the dots as a schlep. It's another thing for someone with his credentials and gravitas to say things like that. So, Tim, we had a chance to discuss this for a little bit yesterday, so we want you to go first because you're going to be the first person that uh, gets to talk on it who the audience has not heard from. What other explanation can we contrive other than the one that is offered here by Dr. Harvey Risch? And what's your reaction to what he said? Uh, it, you know, I, I knew we were being lied to the entire time. Uh, I mean, this is this is nefarious, right? This is this is awful. This is exactly what you're talking about, what you've been talking about since this all began, and why I think you're the best host on the Blaze. I'll be very honest with well, you. Well, thank you. It's very kind. But I have in front of me. I picked this up. This is a pack of pills that is the cure everything pack of pills during COVID that was given to me by not a Trump appointee, but somebody who I know who is a scientist at CDC. Mm -hmm. They were using this instead of getting vaccinated. They were using this. Uh, instead of all of the recommendations that they were pushing to the public because they knew what was happening was BS. Uh, and, and I think it's remarkable that I can get access to this. I didn't really talk about this before. It's the first time I've ever pulled that up. But it, we were fed a pack of lies. This is, this is something that should end up in Nuremberg trials. And how many people died to basically get rid of President Trump? Um, it's, it's horrifying to think about. And, uh, yeah, you shut me up. See, is that, that was your goal here, right, Steve? You were like, you know, this guy's going to make too many jokes in the opening thing. We need to make sure that we hit him with something serious and shut him up. And that, that does it, man. If you, if anybody can watch that and they're not horrified about what our government just pulled off, um, there's something wrong with you. Todd? Whatever your frustrations with the Star Wars universe, and you know mine are many, the prequels... One of the, there's a story in there that is quite fascinating, and it just happened to us. The long march of Palpatine through the institutions, creating his clone army. We had that here. And then having an Order 66. This is what Harvey Rich, Rich is describing. An Order 66 happened, and it happened in 2019. I... Think about that timetable, Yeah, what that means. That's one hell of a coincidence, okay, that they just so happened to, out of nowhere, a drug that has been FDA approved since the 60s. Yes. Just out of nowhere. Just out of nowhere, suddenly decided, after they've, been, they've given over 100 million doses of this all over the world, particularly in disadvantaged countries that struggle with things like malaria and things of that nature, all right? So after they've given a hundred, over 100 million doses of this over the last 60 years, they just France just decided out of absolutely nowhere, is that the same country of Didier Riault, by the way? Correct. All right, who was the guy that wrote the hydroxychloroquine study uh, early in COVID that Trump cited that was considered maybe the most respected virology, immunologist in the world, and it basically got him blackballed, okay? Out of nowhere, 
that France just decides to put it on a toxicology version of a black box warning in 2019. Before anybody knew what a coronavirus was. Yeah. When we have all the seroprevalence studies showing that now this thing was percolating in places like Italy, where it originally had its outbreaks within the septic refuse of, of, of places like Lombardy, Italy, back in 2019. You had the Wuhan military Olympic Games that occurred in September of 2019. That is a hella coincidence, man. That is a hella coincidence. We just got up one day and just decided. See, we didn't. When he dropped this on us, we were already programmed in the show. Didn't have a time to truly, you know. That's why I wanted us to reset it in this issue because we didn't have time to just truly connect the dots of what this means. You have to believe that just out of nowhere, a French scientist just decided. A French public health official just decided to suddenly out of nowhere declare hydroxychloroquine a toxic medication after 60 years and over 100 million doses of that time. And it just so happened to coincide in advance of the advent of COVID-19, which it was an early effective prophylaxis for. What a hell of a coincidence. That's like bats that nest 900 kilometers away just suddenly decided to go and drop a freaking brick and eat out of it from a pig in a Wuhan wet market, and here's your virus. I mean, are you kidding me with that level of coincidence? Because if it's not a coincidence, my friends, if it's not, it is everything we've ever told you, it's even worse. It's even worse than what we've told you. If it's not a coincidence, it's even worse. Whatever dark questions you have about Fauci, Wuhan, World Economic Forum, they aren't dark enough. They aren't. One thing, there, there have been many things, all of us on the show, many things throughout the last 29 months, as you just heard, that have caused us to, I don't know what a good word for it is, um, have caused us to want to do things and hurt people. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Give them the justice they deserve. Give them the justice they deserve. We'll go with one, that. Yeah. One of the things that has always stood out to me, one of those moments, just because it was so poignant, was back, I believe it was in August of 2020, when Dr. Rich went on CNN to oh, talk I forgot about to this. John Berman, yeah. who is not an epidemiologist. And John Berman, I think over a course of five to eight minutes, condescendingly explains to Dr. Rich why hydroxychloroquine is not actually an effective treatment. By the way, I want to make a little addendum to your biography of Dr. Rich. He's a professor emeritus at the Yale School of Public Health and Medicine. Yeah. Which is an important thing as well, because he practices He's medicine. He's a practitioner. But he also knows public health. Mm -hmm. Those are two different fields, guys. Mm -hmm. And so when Dr. Rich says, hey... I've given my patients hydroxychloroquine. I have a good hypothesis for why this is effective in treating COVID. And John Berman sits there and says, there's no randomized controlled trials for this. So it can't possibly work. I don't know. Have we done any randomized controlled trials to show that, you know, burning a fire keeps your ass from freezing off in the middle of the winter? No, I don't think so. But it works. It's right there. It's right in front of me. But no, John Berman had to condesc condescendingly explain to him. The same type of person who would say, you can't possibly have an opinion on public health because you're not an epidemiologist. Yeah. And he's the same guy who, here's, excuse here's, me, eight mice. Uh, here's, yeah. here's the big thing with me as well that, that boils all of this down. 
you have the collusion between government and mass media that could not let this crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. And then you had a public who did not want to believe there was a cheap, effective treatment. They just wanted the glorious vaccine because that's what they were told. That's the only thing that could get us out of this. They did not want to believe that they did not need to be afraid. That's what, that's what I, I honestly sometimes makes me feel ho- hopeless about this whole thing. Being vaccinated, broadly speaking, with whatever they tell you to shoot, is the end game for them. And it's going to get way more horrible than anything you've experienced with this one, unless you stop it. They plan on jabbing you till you die. That's yeah, yeah. That's one of the things. Tim is right that this was done domestically to win an election, but on a global basis, this was done in order to uh, prepare you to no longer be treated one-on-one by a practitioner as a patient and dealt with as an individual, but that you are just a case file and we have an endless palette of injections to treat you with for that you will just you are being conditioned to accept that yes to not to not go to second opinions to not ask questions yeah. it's clear you're being conditioned for that just like the, the just like the side effects of the jabs are actually features and not bugs the side effect of covid stan uh you know and, and costing trump an election an election that was also a feature not a bug go ahead timmy sorry the, the other day uh, biden's talking about curing cancer and what cures cancer now suddenly yep. mrna vaccine mm-hmm. yeah. he literally said it the other day and And I was yelling in my car. I've never been so angry before in my life. And that's the thing that Aaron brought up, man. Uh, There's the the anger and the want for violence against people. I've never had that feeling in me. And in the past two years, it's come up because of this. The amount of bile. I I mean, I've talked about this in the show and I know you listen to it, Tim, so you've heard me say it. I mean, the amount you could just see it just was coming out just a few minutes ago talking about that. The amount of anger and bile like today, I'm wearing this shirt from Convention of States. Come and make me. I actually don't have to run any errands today. My wife's doing continuing ed for her therapy license, so I've had to take up her slack this week while she's in those classes. I don't have to do anything today. My Friday afternoon is totally clear on purpose. I'm running some errands. I don't have to run. And one of them is to go to a drugstore just so I can wear this shirt, okay? Because I'm so angry. I mean, the amount of bile that I have swallowed the last 30 months, I can't contain it. And it just begs for outlets. It looks to come out. Please, someone say something. Provoke it, please. It so desperately wants a target. Come to the Carlisle School District. <laughs> I was just that. there, actually, the other night. You guys beat us 35 to nothing, by the way, or 40 to 14. That wasn't any fun. All right, let's get to the exit question. This week, former CDC director Robert Redfield reiterated that he believes that COVID did leak from the lab in Wuhan. Do you believe that or that it was ultimately released as a bioweapon, Todd? It was released as a bioweapon, but not primarily a, uh, a physical threat, which it, it was on some level, but it was primarily a psychological weapon. Aaron. Uh, yes. Tim. Yeah, it was a bioweapon. I like I predicted last week by this time next year there will be confirmation that it was a bioweapon that's what I think I think it'll be confirmed and here's the thing that's going to be terrible about that 
are just plain corrupt, greedy bureaucrats like the Fauci's and Ralph Barrick's of the world. They're just trying to do what Harvey Risch is talking about. I mean, you're just chattel to a, to a line of profit, to a bottom line of profit to them. They got totally played and used here by real pros because the guy that used to, the guy that ran the Wuhan Institute for Virology used to be the head of the Chinese bioweapons program. That is a fact. And we mentioned that in Fauci and Bargain last year. They thought we were all just one big, happy corporatist social credit score you know, um, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, World Economic Forum, you know, uh, oligar oligarchs that are going to uh, divide the world up and the spoils there uh, thereafter. And you got totally played by the Shycoms. They knew what they were doing the entire time. And that's why there will be no accountability because our guys, their prints are on the murder weapon, guys. Their prints are on the murder weapon. Yeah, don't be so fast to blame China. It boomerangs right back on. Yeah, our if country. anything, China at best is the pimp here, but the horror carries out the act. That's who our guys were. They were. They are the ones that went and did. The, they turned the trick for the Shycoms. Am I wrong? You are not. Of course, well, you're just, not. Steve, Steve, on a very base level. When you look at what these labs do- We got 30 seconds, go ahead. Oh, sorry. When you look at what these labs do and you go, oh, hey, this this virus is killing birds. Let's see if it kills humans too. You're creating a bioweapon. Yes. That's the basis of all their research. Yes. And remember the gain of, the gain of function research was specifically to create something that would spill over from an animal to human. Gain of function's dangerous enough on its own, let alone when you're trying to provoke the most dangerous outcome while doing it. More in a moment. Hundred and thirty-seven percent. That's the increase in interest on a thirty-year fixed-rate mortgage in America since Joe Biden took office. Yo, that's right. If you bought your home the day before Biden was inaugurated, you're paying hundred and thirty-seven percent less interest than those in America who bought a home yesterday. And that is why, man, it, it, it's always important to make sure you can get the best rate possible. But now more than ever, we're talking cataclysmic sums of money. I mean, not to you know, rub salt in the wound over here for the Erzin family, but this is literally was a life-changing decision for you guys. I mean, you were planning on getting into the housing market and everything here late summer. And with what's gone on with these interest rates and everything else right now, you guys are just like, we got to punt on this for the time. We just took it off the market, despite the fact our press secretary swore to us just now that prices have flatlined. So, uh, you know, things are just in their world. Right as rain. That's why folks go to ScoreMaster. Uh, our family used it uh, last fall anticipating that rates were going to go up. Now, I didn't think they'd go up this much, but we anticipated they would go up, so we wanted to get our refi in under the wire, get the most obscenely low rate we could. ScoreMaster helped us get there, helped us to understand exactly why we had the credit scores we did and then exactly how to chart a path to get to the credit scores that we wanted. If you want to try it right now, it takes just a few minutes for free to see how many plus points can be added to your credit score. And then you make the decision if you want to sign up and use the service. When you go to scoremaster.com, slash Steve, 
That's scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's welcome back in Tim Young. Let's continue on with the day group. Let's get to issue three along those same lines. Inflating inflation. The latest inflation numbers came out this week, and despite a reported slight slowdown, the numbers were still bad. Inflation plunged ahead at 8.3% year over year, still at 40-year highs. Over the last year, groceries are up 13.5%, electricity is up by nearly 16%, and gas is still up over 16%. It's hard to put these numbers into perspective till you see this. This is a tweet from Interactive Polls on Twitter showing the month-by-month rise of inflation since the final month of Donald Trump's presidency. In December of 2020, inflation was sitting at a paltry 1.4% and similar in February at 1.7%. Then in the summer months of 2021, something changes and it takes off, settling at 7% in December of 2021. Then in February of this year, when we started sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, the inflation rate soared even higher, peaking at 9.1% in June with a slight slowdown as we sit here today. And with the money printers still going, brrr, there's still no sign of when it'll slow down. Add some more context. You guys heard me mention just a minute ago, the 137% increase in interest rates for a 30-year fixed mortgage, um, 89% higher in mortgage payments than you were paying a month before Joe Biden was inaugurated. 89% increase in mortgage payments since Joe Biden has been inaugurated. Uh, 27 consecutive months, the consumer price index has increased. 17 consecutive months, American net household worth decreased up against consumer price increases. That's the inflation number there. And then this is still one of the most, as bad as everything I just said is, this is one of the most astounding economic stats I have seen in my career. In the second quarter of this year, American net household worth decreased by $6 trillion. In the second quarter alone, net household worth in America decreased by $6 trillion. So, Todd, I don't, I don't even have, I don't have a question. Uh, I got it. So, just you go ahead. I love, like, the stuff we've been talking about from Harvey Rich to this. And we bring Tim on like, it's like some super comedian challenge. Where's the joke, Tim? Find it. Find it. Oh, I have a solution to this. I've been working on it for a while. That's why I'm still single. I'm going to marry Rich. So you guys, best of luck. You've already invested in your lives and everything's going down for you. I'm going to find a nice old billionaire and I'm going to be set. It might mean that I have to turn gay, but it's fine. I'll, I'll make it happen. <laughs> I'm not picky, he says. You just have to be rich. I don't even care what your what, what gender you are. You might not have one. Just be rich. I prefer monkeypox free. Prefer that? So there are some standards here. There are some standards. Did you see yesterday Twitter ban a guy for advocating lockdowns of homosexuals over monkeypox? So apparently adv advocating for lockdowns now is against Twitter's terms of service. Did you see that yesterday, Tim? <laughs> no, I think locking down. I mean, did you see you see what the monkeypox uh, czar or whatever wears. I think locking down is what causes monkeypox. Ooh, that'll, that'll preach, especially over the Lindsey Graham household. Aaron, your thoughts? Hear me and rejoice. You have had the privilege of being saved by the Great Reset. You may think this is suffering. No, it is salvation. Aaron's razor and Erzin's razor are the same razor. It's just stupid, bro. That's Erzin's razor, right? It's just demonic, bro. That's Aaron's razor. What's being done to the economy right now, and yes, being done to the economy, is simultaneously 
uh, progressive stupidity, not really seeing the world for what it is and how it works, and two, demonic, just intentionally destroying the economy and people's lives and livelihoods as well. I don't know where this ends. There is an end point, though. You can talk about the strength of the dollar versus, and, and by the way, I, I just noticed this week, the dollar and the euro are actually the, the, the same value right now. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just living in, in, you know, under a rock. I've never, at least in my adult life, I've never heard of the euro being the same. Usually the euro and the pound is uh, a little significantly more valuable than the dollar. So they're getting hit even worse in Europe than we are. So we got that going for us. I don't know where this ends, but you cannot violate the natural law for so long without any consequence. There will be a consequence someday. And believe me, you, the same people who are stupidly or intentionally destroying the economy right now, globally and especially in the West, believe me, you, they're just fine playing savior when this comes crashing down. Whether that's a central bank digital currency, a fiat digital currency, or something else that you won't be able to you won't be able to access unless you have you know your updated uh, jabs. Whether that ends in that or something else that's nefarious, believe me, there is an end point to this. So, Tim, you get to travel the country with what you do, right? And so, NPR they have with their poll today, forty percent of Americans say their personal finances have gotten worse in the past year. That's up eight points since the last time NPR pulled this back in February. 72% of Americans have had to cut back on necessity in the past six months to meet their monthly expenses. Now, this is NPR. This is regime polling, and this is what they're willing to report. You go around the country. What do you see, Tim? Uh, people are getting poorer. People can't afford uh, uh, what they could afford before. I mean, this is this is bad, and I think people are angrier than ever before. And I actually think this is leading to, and and not to to go too dark like Aaron did there, man. Everything is all serious. Every time I'm on here, it is so serious and grim, <laughs> and the worst. But to be honest with you, if if Republicans don't win in 2024, I can't tell you where this country is going to be because I don't believe that anyone thinks a Democrat can win this election, Democrat or Republican. And that's that's even me going to wacky coffee shops, mm-hmm. uh, and and seeing that. And so I. You know, when you have no faith in elections on top of everything else, we're in a we're in an ultimately like ultra bad place. This is this is dark and it is grim. And I, and I hate that that uh, I can't dig us out of the the emotional. I mean, you, I don't want to say a hole, but man, Aaron, you you're right. And I don't want you to be right. You know, so let's get to the exit question, because, again, I, I am. I'm be I'm I'm beyond my qualifications and trying to come up with snappy questions to this kind of economic data. You know, that's beyond my intellectual grasp. So I'm going to totally cop out and give it and ask you guys to fill in the blank and make you do it. All right. Exit question. By this time next year, the economy will be fill in the blank. Assuming, of course, there will be some form of red wave in November and there will. So, Aaron, by this time next year, the economy will be fill in the blank. Worse. Worse. That's the correct answer, and it speaks to Tim's point of 2024. The, the the left does not care about this election in 2022. They need to create as much destruction now that makes it as hard as possible for Republicans who hardly want to do anything anyways to do anything about it, unless your name is Ron DeSantis. And then 2024 will be back within the wonderful margin of cheating, and there we go. Man, that's pretty dark and grim. Tim? 
Tim had it right. I was going to say worse. I mean, this isn't going to get any better. I'd, I'd swear if I was allowed to swear on the show. Let's get to the kicker question then. Issue four. If you had the power to change just one, just one economic or fiscal policy of this nation unilaterally right now, what would it be and why, Todd? Uh, every time we print money to go get laundered in Ukraine, it must automa- automatically kick in a audit of the federal government. That's the offset. Like friend, like the movie Dave kind of stuff when yes. Charles Grodin brings the sub sandwiches yes. in, that, that kind of stuff. That scene, yes. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Tim? Uh, bring back the gold standard. Screw it. Let's let's go hard. Let's let's start actually having to destroy money to get our, our the value of the dollar back up. I like that one. I mean, it only helped create the greatest one of the greatest economies the world has ever seen when we tried it for you know uh, about two hundred years. But whatevs. Yeah, it was it's cool. Yeah. Totes, totes legit. Yeah, go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, I, uh, so just in a practical right now. Uh, sense. I, I think the first thing that I would do that would help this country the most, just start to dig out or at least put down the shovel, I would end subsidies to oil companies. I would end subsidies to, um, and I know I'm in Iowa, uh, to uh, for, for ethanol and all so that. So energy junk. across the board, basically. Exactly. I would end all of those subsidies, and that would create competition, which would be good for everyone. I'm going to go to an answer that I have given before when I've been asked... If I could make one policy change, regardless of arena or sector, what would it be? Because I believe the people are the problem. Which means that I also believe that the people are there for the solution. solution. Yes. And, and I think the people need to be confronted with the depth of the issue here. So I would end all withholding. This is a day soldy but goody classic. I, I would end it all. You you get paid unless unless it's unless it's your four hundred one k or retirement. All other withholding is ended, and you are paid the full gross offset of any retirement or medical account you may have. You are paid the full gross of what your productivity has earned, and then you will handwrite. That check to the Social Security Administration, to Medicare, to the IRS, to your state treasury, to your city council or your county board of supervisors, right? You will, you will hand write every single one of those checks or submit your debit card, whatever the case may be. But you are going to individually pay the debt load that they are charging you without... Any cognitive dissonance or inability to truly grasp the nature of the robbery that is taking place here. because I, And I cannot think of a singular policy in any arena that would do more to radically transform the American culture than that one. Let's get to our predictions. Tim, you get to go first. Uh, things are going to be terrible for a very, very long time. And uh, your ratings are going to keep going up and you're going to keep selling really good books. And uh, you'll keep being the best show in the blaze. That's very kind. Thank you, Aaron. I'm going to steal your thunder because I want to. I want to do. I want to do it so you don't have to. Okay. All right. Last week, Aaron made a prediction on this show, and it kind of blew my mind. And I'm like, that would be something. I hope you're right. It literally came true this week. Last week at this time, do you remember this? Yes. Aaron, came, you came on here, and you predicted what? That's 
Democrat leadership in the Senate would try or attempt to kind of pull the rug out from the Respect for Marriage Act. Before the election. Before the election, because they thought it would actually be more beneficial for them not to vote for it. Yeah. So I don't want to make Aaron reset uh, his own W on this and... Uh, and and look self-serving because I'm but he deserves hey. the, the helmet sticker so I'm going to give him to him for for you. That's an incredible prediction. Out of nowhere, it happened yesterday afternoon. It was on no one's docket. The exact opposite is what they were telling everybody. And out of nowhere, at the end of the news cycle yesterday, the Democrats announced they are pulling it until after the midterms. So this leads to my prediction. If I can now piggyback off of sure. your greatness, if you don't mind me doing so, right? Because that was a hella pick, dude. That Bro- was hey, that, that was Bro- well done. Broken squirrel finds uh, <laughs> is right twice the occasional nut. So my prediction is that Democrats pulled the declare a nationwide rainbow jihad on the church bill because it was actually going to pass. They were going to get enough GOP votes to pass, which they did not anticipate because they just wanted the talking point. Right. They did not know that there were enough Republicans in the Senate that actually hated. They could get 10 of them that hate. There's more than 10. I can promise you, by the way, that they could get 10 of them that hate their base enough to pass it, that it was going to pass. And that's why they intend to bring it up after the midterms. When they won't have they'll get killed in the midterms and they won't have the numbers to probably even pass it out of a GOP majority house, because it's one thing to get enough Republicans to sign on to a betrayal of their base. When they can still, when, when the Democrats are driving it. It's another thing to get the Republicans to do it when they are offensively in the majority. Now, just to show you how dark and grim things have gotten, our buddy Bob Vanderplatz, when I, when I texted him this this morning, is my, that this was going to be my prediction, he says, I disagree with you. Republicans are going to bring it up next year and pass yep. it. And I thought, you want to talk yep. about Rubicons. If we have come to the place that Bob Vanderplatz is darker and more cynical than me, then we have truly come to a dark. Hey. We, him, and I've been very good friends for fifteen plus years. There's never been a time that he's come off the top rope on me when it comes to political cynicism. This is the first time ever. I don't think Blake okay? Masters is a vote uh, to to defend marriage. I don't think Mehmet Oz is. So there you go, Todd. Your prediction. Follow that act. Well, locally here, uh, despite the Carlisle School District's best attempts using police and lawyers to get me to shut up, uh, I've chosen the last 48 hours tactically to turn things up uh, to 11. So my prediction is that they are right there making the same mistake again that they always make. Do we risk going further and ended up really taking this to court, in which case discovery is a SOB? Or do we finally learn the lesson that he's just better at this than we are and we realize this is a public government agency and he can criticize us all he wants to. We, we, if you're in our audience, you should be praying that the, the, the intelligentsia of Carlisle, Iowa attempts to legally step to you given the platform of the show that you have, that you have access to. I mean, we would make Carlisle, Iowa a very famous place in America, right? I'm going to need you to tweet that within the next five minutes. All right. I think you can get that from me during the commercial break. Amen, brother. All right. Tim, good to see you as always, man. What is there to do in Carlisle? Petting zoo? (laughs) (laughs) You're not far off the mark. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, come up with kick-ass JV football teams and destroy Des Moines Christian. It's a rumor petting zoo, though. Good to see you, Tim. Appreciate you. We'll come back with Hour 2 and Feedback Friday is next.
Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace, he's Todd Erzin, and he is Aaron McIntyre. You are you, and you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. You can like me, Steve Dace, on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Follow at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. And then you can also find me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there. That's at Real Steve Dace there. You can also go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Get clips of the show that are free to watch and also free of any censorship when you do at rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Last name is D-E-A-C-E. Uh, finally, if you're a podcast listener and you've yet to do this, please consider leaving us a five-star review if you like us. If you don't like the show, I mean, why do you listen to it? But if you do kind of like it, then totally exaggerate. All right, but uh, thank you for all the five-star reviews you have left us, and uh, please hit subscribe and follow as well. Those of you that have done those two things for us, you have helped us to make an acceptable offering to the fickle algorithmic gods, and we need to, their appetites can never be satiated, right? So please consider sacrificing some of your time on our behalf by submitting your five-star review and uh, subscribe and follow as well. Before we get to um, Feedback Friday, we should reset for our audience. Why are you getting goose-stepped to in the tiny hamlet of Carlisle, Iowa? Hmm. Oh, there's so many reasons. Uh, but, uh, which is why the discovery on this is so important. Uh, over the time uh, that uh, of my, my oldest daughter, Ainsley, who's now a freshman in college, but it, it, this all started when she got into high school. Before that, uh, in late elementary and middle school had no, uh, serious issues. Uh, and then, uh, just my, um, attempts to, uh, get involved in the school district when there were things that needed to, uh, be addressed were met with the normal hijinks where they think that they can confuse you or pat you on the head or do any number of things other than actually address the issue. And that's just, that, that's not how we are going to, uh, a role they resent that very much when i hold them accountable whether in uh directly in school board meetings and when they just won't do anything then i take to social media and that drives them absolutely uh nuts so they uh i have caught them breaking policy uh, and significant policy on numerous occasions uh the latest in something that has nothing to do with me but there is a uh felony sex crime committed between a staff member and a student that is you can do a public record search and find it, but that's uh, never been, uh, no one on the staff has said anything about it. Uh, and I'm sure they have all kinds of reasons, but none of them have to do with letting what's going on in the backyard to all the families who pay the uh, taxes there. So I let this be know, known as well. So over uh, the course of time, ultimately what they do is they try to intimidate me. They send uh, letters to me from attorneys that are just like cease and desist or else kind of thing they've had the uh cops call me and they had last spring at my daughter's uh soccer banquet uh the soup the uh athletic director who i've caught breaking uh p policy numerous and then this is not ticky tech stuff uh some some really bad stuff and in with the intent to punish me and my family specifically uh, and I've had the decisions that he put in place reversed almost immediately by a superintendent who didn't like me very much anyways, uh, but he knew how much trouble he was in. This That superintendent left. That athletic director had cops show up to my children's soccer banquet 
and had me follow her on. My daughters witnessed this when I went up and I didn't care. I went up and talked to the athletic director anyways, and I gave him a piece of my mind uh, for refusing to return emails about my daughter being uh, injured, had her hand broken in a uh, soccer game. Uh, and my daughter saw him signal to the police to come over and stand right behind me. So th th this is, I mean, it's a banana republic in Carlisle, Iowa. Just because I handle them the same way I handle my business on this show. This is about the truth at the end of the day. And I don't care about their BS. They work for me. I don't work for them in any way, shape, or form. And the second they start pretending that, um, I just up the ante on them. And so this is, and if it wasn't, Here's the thing. Remember, if it was a dozen of me in a school district that is, I believe, in the high school, has about 600 kids, so it's kind of mid-sized by Iowa standards, mm -hmm. it, wouldn't, it doesn't take half of... If a dozen of people like me just showed up, it would be a total game-changer. But there I usually stand alone with this stuff with one other mom while everybody just keeps their house of cards nice. So this is... I could go on and on. And on this could be a whole show to detail it, but yeah, that's where we are. Well, keep us posted if they if, if they increasingly if they escalate the goose stepping. We and can, that's what we, it is. We'll, we'll shine. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. We'll shine. I mean, I'm I'm fine doing Thank it. We, you, can, we, we can we can shine some uh, some light on cockroaches. I know they in my career has shown they love you when you do that. Yes, cockroaches love having lights shined on them. So I would be happy to apply any form of searing illumination if it is necessary later on. Excellent. All right, let's get to some feedback Friday. Aaron, it's brought to you by our friends over at BattleBox, and because you are more manly than me in this area, you talk about them. But what were we talking about yesterday? What's your bug-out plan? I would suggest even, even Steve, who wants a bug-out plan with Sunday NFL ticket or NFL Sunday ticket, I would suggest make it easier on yourself. Get a BattleBox subscription. If there comes a time where you need to camp but not camp out of... You know, just uh, fun and frivolity, but camp out of necessity. I think you'd be well covered with BattleBox. The box they sent us had everything from meal kits to fire starters to a really nice knife. Not like one of those cheapo knives that you get from Walmart. One of the serious knife you could, you know, use to skin some game or something like that. Uh, anything from, uh, like I said, food kits, compasses, uh, water filtration as well. Anything you need to survive in the wilderness, whether it's by necessity or because you just like camping and survivalist activities as well. Really unique plan. You uh, sign up for a subscription with BattleBox. They send you a box uh, full of the things that I just described. And these are not just ticky-tack uh, stuff that's just uh, cobbled together. These are some seriously well-made items. I mentioned that knife. I love that thing. Very, very sharp. Uh, very, very usable. And uh, I, I love it. And I've said this many times, and I'll say it again. With just that one box, if I had to go out in the middle of the woods and survive for a few days, or maybe even a week or so, I could do that just on that one box. So if you want to become as manly as Aaron and manlier than me uh, you can sign up with our friends over at BattleBox. go to trybattlebox.com slash steve if you do they'll give you a free mystery box worth over a hundred dollars with any new subscription when you go to trybattlebox.com it includes a free mystery box worth over a hundred bucks when you go to trybattlebox.com slash steve and subscribe at trybattlebox.com slash steve you guys ready for some feedback friday you bet considering what you said earlier in the show heck yeah here we go i'll keep this short in the hopes that god leads you to read what i'm about to share i lost my sister this week 
She was just 40 years old, married to a good man who was dealing with PTSD from serving in Iraq with the army. They have three wonderful children, all under the ages of 13. They also care for my aging parents who are in their early 70s, both with more health problems than most. My sister died in a car crash. If you want to know more about her story, but if you don't have time, here's really the most important part of the story. Quote, Jones, her killer, will be charged with vehicular homicide by intoxication, three counts of aggravated assault by recklessness, reckless endangerment, felon in possession of a weapon, pose- felon, felon, felon in possession of a weapon, possession of a weapon under the influence and no proof of insurance following his release from the hospital. Police report that Jones is currently on probation for reckless homicide. Probation for reckless homicide. Probation for reckless homicide. And drug and evidence tampering convictions. Drug and evidence tampering convictions. Probation for homicide. (laughs) Drug and evidence tampering convictions. Jones' reckless homicide conviction comes from Christmas Eve 2015 during a deadly shooting of a 16-year-old. Steve, this happened in Tennessee, a red state. Steve, this happened in Tennessee, a red state. Steve, this happened in Tennessee, a red state. We have let go of the rope on crime, and this will continue to happen to families at an even faster pace until something changes. I am devastated for the loss of my sister, for her children and husband, my parents, and angry that we refuse to protect innocent lives in the name of equity. The Republican governor down there is a Bill Lee. Uh, He loves the criminals. Loves them. He's got a criminal fetish. You can use our names if you choose to share her story. That is from Sam Wirtz. But that's okay. Because the Carlisle police is following Todd Erzin around at a soccer banquet. It's too bad. It's too bad Jones didn't think the 2020 election was stolen. It's too bad Jones didn't visit Epstein Island. Oh, wait. If you did visit Epstein Island, the FBI protects you. My bad. So back to the first one. It's too bad Jones didn't have a suspicious, skeptical take of the 2020 election. He'd be in a jail cell right now and wouldn't be there to have murdered Sam's sister. And if you think that's not even a, I'm not even, that's not a joke, dude. That's not a joke. True facts. It's true facts. Aaron, what did you say about features, not bugs? Yep. And I'm sorry, brother. I'm so sorry for your loss. Yes. Ready for another? Let's go. I've been a fan of your show and and you guys' analysis of the tragedy of COVID-19 and the misinformation and outright lies regarding treatment and help for people suffering from the serious illness. My beloved wife, 47, 
Let me send along a picture of her. She's she's beautiful, buddy. My beloved wife of 47 passed from this virus just about a year ago this month. I, I begged her primary care physician to prescribe ivermectin. The doctor acted like she did not know what that was and also deflected. Once my beloved wife was admitted to the hospital, I asked again for ivermectin and some of the basic treatments like vitamin D, zinc, etc. They told me there was no medical science that supported those treatments and to stay in my lane. They were also cluelessly clueless regarding monoclonal antibody treatments. They weren't even on the ball with the stuff the system let us have. They told me none were available at that time. She passed on September 27th of 2021. So that would have been right around the time that Biden was decided he was going to ration the monoclonals last year. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Her lungs ravaged by COVID-19. I believe the staff at the hospital did what they thought was in the best interest of all. They were kind and merciful, but the misinformation regarding COVID-19 did not even give my wife a chance at life. If you need a witness or someone to tell the horror story of being trapped in a system that would not try anything out of the box, vitamin D, zinc, with all due respect, I know what you mean, brother. Vitamin D is not out of the box. That should be daily. Everyone in this audience, everyone should be taking it. Ivermectin's a Nobel Prize winning drug. It ain't out of the box, man. But I get what you're saying. On a side note, determined not to be under the wing of modern medicine as my beloved wife Suzanne was, I purchased ivermectin from Seven Cells when you guys talked about it last year. And when I got COVID in January, I took the medication. First day of symptoms, I felt horrible, but then I took ivermectin within eight hours. I was feeling much better and recovered very quickly. Attached is the last photo of Suzanne and I together. She worked in law enforcement. Thank you for all you do. I spent a good portion of this year. That's from Stephen Moore. Stephen, I spent a good portion of this year hearing stories like this. And this is what this is what you're going to read in the Fourth Reich. Bringing tragedies like what happened to families like yours. Bringing them to bear trying to use our platforms to give them the, the attention and critical mass they deserve. It's why we wrote Rise of the Fourth Reich. And it's why the, it's why the book is structured the way it is with stories like yours. Your, your story, I promise you, is not unique. Let me tell you what was unique. What was unique is if you went into the hospital for COVID and walked out. That was unique. Count your lucky stars, get on the ground, and kiss the sidewalk the minute you exited that place. That was unique. And I will say it again after hearing a lot of these kinds of stories this year. No. I would have no remorse. Be, no remorse. None. N none. None. In fact, I would count it all joy to be given the honor of kicking the stool out from underneath them at the gallows. Short of what can be bestowed upon me as a husband and a father, I could receive no greater honor than that opportunity.
I don't want to set you guys up for failure, but if you have any thoughts, if not, we can move on. No, I'm good. But again, I'm very sorry. See, this is the stuff I can't. I just struggle with. The criticisms and stuff that I, I mean, I'm cool with it. That stuff goes along with this job. It is. It's hearing of your suffering. I just, I can't handle it, man. I just. I want to avenge all of you. And I can't avenge any of you. I just. So frankly, the best I can do is use our show and whatever platform it is. It's not insignificant, but it's not momentous. It's somewhere between those two words. To elevate stories like yours in the hope that someone who can avenge it will hear it. Or if for no other reason to know you're not alone. And there's a lot of other people that have suffered the way that you have suffered. Don't take it personally. They don't care enough about you to make it personal. It's not personal at all. That's the problem. We're just chattel to them. We don't matter to them. All that matters is the agenda. That's all that matters. And the outcome of furthering said agenda. And anything that gets in the way of that is acceptable collateral damage. That's why I was excited when, when Harvey Rich was on here yesterday, before we even got to his truth bomb. But when you see guys with his credentials and McCullough's credentials teaming up to say, we have to create an alternative healthcare industry. Just, we have to create an alternative healthcare system. Because we do. Because this is partisan now too. And since the partisans we're up against are basically demonically influenced, that means this structure is now too. And what happened to your lovely wife is tragic confirmation of that. One of the stories we tell in Rise of the Fourth Reich, one of our witnesses we call is an attorney who got a lot of people out of hospitals or, or got court orders for the hospitals to give them the treatments that were denied, people like your wife, Stephen. And he tells us, one of the things he tells us in the book, and you'll read it when it comes out next year, is that a hospital admitted to one of his patients that they were the first one to go into an IC, go into the ICU for COVID and come out of it and walk out of the hospital alive that they had seen. And you would think at some point just your basic level of humanity would kick in and you would say, why is that? 
At this point, man, I'll try everything. I'll try wing of bat, eye of newt. I'll try copper bracelets. I'll try 5G aluminum foil. You know what I'm saying? What do, I mean, at this point, let's just try anything. But they didn't. Because the humanity is gone. This is demonic influence. It's so demonic that when you catch these hospitals promoting meatball surgery butchering of children, their own people in favor of it call in fake bomb threats to make it look like we were the ones that did it. That's how demonic this is. That's how agenda-driven this is. Their own people, their own acolytes, are willing to go to prison just to pin their political narrative on us. Think about that. Think about that. I do all the time. Think about that. What can men do against such reckless hate? This is why there's a hell. And don't ever question ever again why a loving God permits one. It's because he's loving that we have one. Because Stephen, he wouldn't subjugate your wife to spending eternity in paradise with her unrepentant killers. What would be loving about that? Where would the justice be in that? There'd be none of either, right? Mm -hmm. So, provided they remain unrepentant of this heinous act, they will receive the just and due penalty for committing it. Flip of a coin in this life, guarantee in the next. I am a longtime listener. As my life got more and more crowded, your podcast became the only one I still listen to. When you decided to forego the montage to discuss recently minor attracted persons, I felt it was time for me to tell my family story like you. I was raised in a family where fun had long ago left dysfunctional. I moved 2,000 miles away, married a man from an idyllic Christian family. My father-in-law, let's call him DJ, was an elder in the church and served missions overseas with my mother-in-law. They often made sure that I knew that I didn't belong in their perfect family picture. In November of 2019, my then 15-year-old daughter gave a letter to her favorite teacher detailing more than a decade of sexual abuse at the hand of my father-in-law. She thankfully told my husband, and, and, the night, and, and that night, um, and, and, and he told me, my husband and I, the night before, the school and CPS came calling. Over the next 11 days began our descent into hell. First, we had to prove that my daughter really did write the letter. They felt that it was too intelligent to come from a 15-year-old. Then my husband and I had to prove that we were not complicit in any way. My daughter was scheduled to go through an interview at the Children's Justice. We were told that it would go for about an hour. It went four and a half hours. Because of the nature of the investigation, we were not allowed to discuss it with anyone. In private, our conversation centered on how could we have missed this? How could we have prevented this? And the most heart-wrenching, is this only our oldest daughter or have our other three daughters been dealing with this too? 
At the end of 11 days, we had our answer. It was the Monday before Thanksgiving, and a search warrant was executed at our father-in-law's house. He was taken into custody and confessed to having abused all three of my daughters to create child pornography, then distributed and then molested them. You can imagine what happened to the family holiday plans. It was melodramatic enough to make a Lifetime movie blush. The original judge read the confession, and he was released on bail the Friday after Thanksgiving to, quote, make room for more dangerous offenders. This shocked the detectives involved in the case. The case was being handled by a special task force made up of four highly experienced detectives created for these types of cases. The detective that we had the most contact with um, told us uh, after Thanksgiving when he reached out that there were some concerns that the father-in-law and the detectives about the father-in-law and the detectives would be visiting him that day. My husband asked to accompany them. After a lot of back and forth, he was allowed to come, but only with very specific guidelines. The officer's body cams would be on throughout the entire visit, and they had a well-laid plan that had to be executed precisely. Just as this was finishing and my husband was bracing himself to confront his father for the first time, the detective in charge of the tech side of the investigation pulled my husband aside. They had cropped one of the illicit pictures to show only the victim's face. The detective wanted to confirm that it was our oldest daughter. My husband said, I'm sorry, that's not her. That's my youngest daughter, and the shirt she is wearing was purchased in the last couple of months my husband then went in and sat knee to knee with his father to have a conversation. The detective next to my husband recorded the entire thing. For 45 minutes, my husband listened to his father lay out the case for minor attracted persons. He tried to justify this. Why this was okay. It didn't harm the victim's development. How this helped him to be a better father and grandfather. When my husband told his dad that he was dangerous, his dad was shocked and appalled. At this point, he began to talk about our bigotry and how we were marginalizing him. My husband then asserted that if we knew anything about Christianity, then we would understand that Christ's grace had already justified, had already justified his choices. At this point, my husband had had enough, as did the detective, and he arrested my father-in-law on five more felony charges. And he told my father-in-law that if he tried to make bail again, he'd come back with five more and keep piling them on. The felonies were racking up as they went through his computer. 70,000 plus images more details about what their daughters had to say two and a half years later this has torn my husband's family apart my mother-in-law stands by her man and yells at me about putting a good man in jail and how dare i condemn him because he i'm a sinner too but my husband he stood he stood with his girls he stood with his family he takes the girls to therapy he has rearranged his schedule to be a bigger part of our lives. All that being said, this has broken him in ways I cannot explain. The detective told me this is one of the cases that still haunts him. My reason for telling you all of this is that you often talk about knowing what time it is. I am deeply concerned that it is much later than most of us want to admit. God will not be mocked. Like Thomas Jefferson said, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. For this to have infiltrated good Christian men's hearts at this level and for this long, I am deeply concerned. Where I see God's love is that this could have easily destroyed my daughter's relationships with Christ. But through his grace, it is not. Instead, they have come away with an increased love for him. 
and sure knowledge as to how he carried them through this. The high price that they had to pay for this relationship makes it much more precious to them and that much more confident in God's justice and plan. If you choose to share this, please withhold my name and where I am from, and I have done that. This is the new front. How does my attraction to minors impact your lack of attraction to minors? If you don't want to be attracted to minors, then just don't be. All the same arguments yep. from all the same people. And we believed them all before, so why not try them again? And it will go to all the same sink to all of the same depths as well. So did I live up to the billing at the top of the show? I honestly thought that might have been more rhetorical flourish and... It wasn't at all. I was not prepared for this half hour. I've been as unprepared for this half hour program and as probably as anyone since I've been on the show. And I'm pretty prepared for just about anything these days. I read those back to back to back so that we are prepared to truly confront this. And not buy another round of excuses, lies, scams, and complacency. Well, you don't have too many options today to avoid doing business with people who hate you and are literally trying to end your way of life. Uh, which is why, or or are at least willing to cynically profit off of others' attempts to do so. <laughs> all right, Which is why when such an opportunity exists, by all means, take full advantage of it. And one does with our friends over at Patriot Mobile, because we all pretty much need a mobile phone to survive and thrive in modern society. And now... You can even switch your business to Patriot Mobile as well. Uh, so it's not just for individuals, but you can switch your business as well to America's only really, well, American uh, mobile phone company. If you're a veteran or a first responder, let them know whether you own a business or you're doing this for a family or an individual. They'll make sure to give you extra discounts as a way of saying thank you for your service. For the rest of us, uh, you can get a free activation with the offer code Steve right now. Uh, when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, you'll get pretty much the same signal and coverage you get from everyone else because pretty much everyone uses the exact same towers to establish signal and coverage. All right, so patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Again, that's patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Some more feedback Friday here. My wife and I have been together since 2007 when we met uh, we when we met on her 21st birthday. We have been married since 2015. Through our 15 years together, we've been through some difficult times. First, she lost her mother, and then four years later, I lost mine. But through it all, we've been together and there for each other, just the two of us. Last September, we faced a new challenge when we discovered, somewhat to our surprise, that she was pregnant. We had discussed having children in the past, and neither of us were against it. We made a decision that if God meant it to be, it would be. 
Now the time was here, and just as surprising as the news, so were the doubts. It had been it had been so long for us. We loved our life together. Could we actually do this? The first 12 weeks of the pregnancy was very hard for my wife. She battled depression, and due to the overwhelming nausea, lost almost 10 pounds. Many of our nights were spent laying in bed, me holding her as she sobbed, questioning whether she wanted to continue on with her pregnancy. She was afraid it would change our lives and marriage for the worse. There were numerous times she would look at me and say something to the effect of, just tell me to end it. I hated seeing her suffer. It was incredibly painful for me to see the woman I love in so much distress. My wife has been Catholic since birth. I converted to the faith before we were married. And like Todd, I have an affinity for vinegar. I've always been pro-life, or at least I thought I was. That being said, watching my wife suffer so much, I began to question my own convictions. I started to sense that I, what I felt, though, was a strong principle of mine was beginning to crack internally. I told her I felt she had already made up her mind and she was just seeking my permission. I also asked her what kind of Christian would I be if I were to go along with an abortion. She said she felt God would forgive us if we asked for it. I didn't necessarily agree and asked her if we could forgive ourselves. I'm happy to report, though, that this story has a happy ending. I've been listening to your show since 2019. I've heard you guys uh, discuss how being a father is the best thing you've ever done. I've listened to your discussions about the abortion issue, and I've come to truly look forward to Theology Thursdays. I fully believe that God and the three of you guys helped me to stay strong. I used this strength to help strengthen my wife and to ease her pain and concerns. We made the decision to fully give our lives and the pregnancy to God and let his will be done. From that moment on, our entire outlook changed. She was joyful and at peace. There were even times I would catch her smiling as she would hold her stomach. Our son was born five months ago. He is healthy, happy, and perfect. My wife is head over heels in love with him. Yesterday, as, she sle as he slept in her lap, she looked at me and said she could not imagine a world where he would not exist. Every night, she thanks God for him. I just wanted to extend a thank you to the three of you for the part you played in encouraging us. I'm very grateful. That is from Mike C. I'm going to do, I'm going to go home. I got that because the kids will be gone. Noah's got a football game out of town, so he leaves early. Zoe will probably be with her boyfriend. Amy's got continuing ed. I'll do this after I run those provocative errands that I don't need to run that I told you about earlier. Because mm -hmm. probably doing this before would not be a good idea. I'm already on tilt. But when I come home, I've got some of that Revelton, Iowa distilled chocolate whiskey I keep telling you guys about how mm. great it is on the counter. After this show, man, I might need to do a couple of shots of some Revelton whiskey to, to just to put myself back. <laughs> Homeostasis. An, yes, on an even keel. I mean, wow. But this is, I know this is heavy stuff, guys, but these are heavy, heady times, man. I mean, I suppose we could get go, go to, let's go to the, the not quite as heady and emotional economic issues. Oh, wait, we lost $6 trillion in family and household net worth last quarter. Mortgage rates are 189% more interest than they were, uh, you know, in January of 21. And mortgage payments are 89% higher than they were in January of 21. There's, 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 there's almost nothing for us to talk. You know what? Let's talk about our favorite shows right now, dude. Aren't you guys really excited that there's a new ring? Of, uh, there's a new um, Lord of the Rings. Show? No. We, there's nowhere. There is literally nowhere to go. There is no line of conversation that we could open up on this show in virtually any meaningful arena or even unmeaningful ones for that matter. 
that would not at some point lead us down this path because these this is the signs of the times that we are living in right now are these conversations right here mark russell asks i'd like your take on a couple of films risen and the shack you guys want me to start with the bad news or the good news i like to do the bad news first and get it out of the way okay i'm numb man <laughs> i hear you I've not seen the movie Shack because I've read the book. And the book is extremely well-written, which is why it was such a hit. It's also a heresy. The book is a heresy. It, uh, the book preaches a notion of the, a heretical notion of the Trinity known as modalism. Or to, to put it a little bit more succinctly, the idea that the Trinity exists in modes at, at singular times but it hasn't been Father, Son, Holy Spirit for all of time. That the Trinity is like water. That, that water can be um, ice, liquid, and vapor, right? But can it be all three of those things, all three of those right. forms at the exact same time? No, it cannot be, okay? And so that's what modalism does. Modalism preaches a heresy, is a heresy on the nature of the Trinity. And it does it in, as a, with a brutal brutal circumstance like yes. the ones you've been just reading letters of. yes so you are yeah. opened up made raw and you want to empathize yes. and identify with this father and what he yes. is going through yeah yeah god appears to him as basically aunt jemima if i recall it's been a, it's been a few years since i've read the book but it's an aunt, aunt jemima uh, kind of black woman basically I, I right so yes yeah I, the book's a heresy i don't know whether it's intentional or not i mean i don't know the heart of the author um it's extremely well written it's extremely empathetic. It's an extremely powerful work, but it preaches a heresy. And that's why I've not seen the movie. So that's the bad news. Now for the good news, Risen is one of the best Christian films that has been made since The Passion. And not enough people have seen it. Risen's very good. Uh, the guy who played uh, Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter's in it. Joe Fiennes is in it. The premise of Risen is you see the crucifixion through the eyes of a Roman centurion. And he is charged by, um, by the brigade commander under direct orders from Pilate to investigate what happened at the tomb that, cross was, that Christ was laid in. It's really well done. Really well done. Really well acted. It's, it's one of the best Christian movies that's been made since The Passion. It surprised me. So I would highly recommend that film if you're looking for a good one. But I would not recommend The Shack. I'm honestly trying to come up with something here as we close down on a Friday that doesn't just devastate us anymore because I got to tell you, I'm kind of myself. Yeah. Um, you know what? Let's close with this one. I had a job in San Diego working for Navy Region Southwest after retirement from the Navy in 2011. My wife was a Catholic school teacher for years in San Diego. I was very happy in my job. My wife loved hers. We had an awesome group of friends, fun lifestyle, enjoyed the privacy of the beach at the Naval Amphib Base in Coronado. Our kids finished high school and we were very comfortable. The kick in the junk was dealing with the left-wingers and all their policies. San Diego was going from mostly red to purple at the time. We had the notion that we could change it from within. Nice fight, but we took a loss there. I kept showing my wife daily how this awesome place was going more leftist. Then she had enough and agreed to move us back to the South where I grew up. 
Sadly, it wasn't Florida, but South Carolina in the Charleston area, which had a nice appeal to it. Keep in mind, this was 2015 when we came when we came for a site survey. The next summer, we left San Diego and headed for the low country with our adult kids. Now, I knew my wife could find employment being a teacher since there's a huge shortage here for that profession. I thought going GS would be would be fairly smart with a smart deal since I all had five years working at GS. Um, but I learned the GS system here is not looking for former or retired service members, which kept the esprit de corps and traditions going. They want bureaucrats. I struggled through that, but I'm in a great company. It took a while to get there. My wife started in a public school in the center of the projects. She came home sobbing every evening. She spent $1,000 of her own money to buy supplies for her class. It was all torn within two weeks. She never quit and finished the school year. She's a little badass and proved it by staying. She has since moved on and in a school that she's very happy in where there's no CRT, rainbow jihad, gender affirming BS or jab mandates. I'm a ranger safety officer at the largest outdoor chain in South, South Carolina. No jab mandates. Fact, they make, um, in fact, they make, uh, they, make, they make fun of this presidential administration in the core. We have great friends who share our beliefs. We all prepare for what we know is coming and we watch out for each other. Here's the bottom line. It is doable. Yes, our senators suck as well as Nancy Mace, but locally we are set. The governor of the state has followed the lead of Florida. The district where my wife works is for education, not indoctrination. Our county sheriff in Berkeley and where we live in Dorchester County are very supportive of the Constitution. I can't say much about Charleston County Sheriff, who supported who was supported by BLM, but we are good right now. My wife and I still look at other states and wonder if this is, there's a if, and see if there's a chance that this place could go purple. His point is, we left, we got out. We went to a place where our citizenship wasn't wasted. Signed, A.J. Edwards, who adds, on time, on target, never quit. So, yeah, they, had to, they, they loved where they were at. They had a great life where they were at. And the initial move across the country wasn't easy. A couple of missteps before they got to where they ultimately wanted to go. But now they're actively trying to make a red state red as opposed to whistling past the graveyard in a place where they were more comfortable but has, but is still requiring kids to be jabbed and masked to go to school. That's the San Diego Unified School District as we speak. Thoughts on that? Well, listen, I, I get why we aspire to the idyllic. I mean, our faith is calling us uh, to perfection. And in and of this world, as a father, as a man, what you want to provide for your family, uh, the founding fathers, as I've told you before, we study war, so our grandchildren can study poetry. And they, uh, I get it, I get it. But the, the, the norm of all of human history simply belies the level of comfort that you think you deserve and can just sit on autopilot right now. And the classics we grew up in, Steve, Little House on the Prairie. The, 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 we ended up learning just learning about the one house in minnesota mm -hmm. they were all over the place mm -hmm. uh i i just think there is there's a great truth to the journey that we have stolen from ourselves because we think the journey is just something like you just yeah you do it when you're high in college no that's the worst lamest shallowest journey there is i as hard as it would be to leave a place, as right now, uh, the thought uh, of selling our home, uh, all of that. But 
you, the real adventure with God on your side um, will redeem all the places one way or the other. Even the places that you said that there were fits and starts with this family letter mm -hmm. writer, the, the, the fits and the starts get you to where you belong. Um, I just have... Your God is greater than all your excuses. All of my excuses. Those excuses are more and more dangerous every day that goes by because we are losing time. Trust God. Stop trusting your excuses. It's what I talked about yesterday after, after uh, Theology Thursday is a lot of, and I think this extends to a lot of, a, a lot of areas in our lives, not just sharing our story, which is what we were talking about yesterday, but it's like, I, I expressed last hour a little bit of hopelessness, a lot of bit of hopelessness when it comes to um, the, the, the public policy response to COVID. And then the public response to COVID was just in lockstep. We, we wanted to be afraid. We wanted to live in fear. What do you do with that? I don't know. But this, with like a lot of other things, we're not allowed to be hopeless. If you claim Christ as your king, you're not allowed to be hopeless. And a lot of our foibles, a lot of our struggles, a lot of our, um, a lot of our questions come down to one question, which is how big really do we think that God is? And until we're with him, until we're reunited uh, in paradise for eternity, the answer to that question is always going to be some degree of too small. But I think with a lot of us... I'm including, as I just said, myself in this. I, I think we have no excuse to make him as small as we do on a day-in and day-out basis. Otherwise, I think this nation and, and obviously the world, but especially the West, would be in a far different space, a far different place, if we really believed that God is as big as he actually is, or at least got closer to that and stopped, stopped putting him in, in a box of our own design. Hmm. We are still, despite everything we have talked about today, all being true, we are still the most blessed people that God has ever permitted to grace the face of this planet. There has never been a civilization in the history of this world that could withstand a $6 trillion loss of net, house, net household, or household net worth in one quarter and would not have just completely collapsed for even a lot less than that. And that's why we fight. Because those things are both true. And if we don't, they won't be true for our children and grandchildren. Hell, at this pace, they won't be true for us much longer. That'll do it for us. We're going to stick around, do the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will see you on Monday. Until then, John 317.
This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.